Welcome to the Value Driven Brand Podcast, where you'll learn insights on how to communicate with authenticity, deliver genuine value, and create a memorable experience across your entire customer journey, helping your business become the sought-after leader in your industry. I'm your host, Aileen Day. Now, on to the show. G'day everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Value Driven Brand Podcast. I am your host Aileen Day and today I am joined by an absolute superstar. I am pretty sure the man doesn't sleep considering all of the phenomenal things that he gets done every day for himself, his business and his community and the wider planet. I tell you what, it is a privilege to be joined by the one, the only Luke Connors. Thank you so so much for joining us on the podcast today. How's it all going? Um, in answer to your question, a little bit tired, as we spoke about before, but I am fantastic and pumped to be here. Thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure. Now, if you're wondering why Luke's a little bit sleepy, that's because he's been hanging out with Tony Robbins at midnight every night this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how's that going? What's uh, What's the biggest insight from hanging out with Tony? The ability to just be able to find energy within, I think. There's mm. a lot of insights into business and mindset and all that, but I love when I get back in his space and it's like sometimes we tell ourselves, oh, I'm just tired, it's all too much at the moment. It's like, no, nah, there is another level. Just do a few little habits, do a few routines, like just move your body sometimes, get mm. yourself in a good state and you, you can handle everything that's coming. And, um, yeah, it's been – so we've been up from 1 till a.m. till about 1 p.m. We've been finishing – we're in day four now, so. Oh, my goodness. But it's, um, yeah. How many days? A lot, five. So tomorrow's the last one. And it's, uh, but it's, you know, sometimes there's a lot of stuff that we're doing in the community, like you said, mm. but it's good to come back and go back in within and level up yourself so you can go back out and support more. So I'm loving it. Yeah. Absolutely. I always say there's no developing others until we've developed ourselves. Mm. So great work. Now, for those of you who are listening in and you're thinking, mm, who's this guy? Well, let me give you some insight into who this guy is. So Luke is uh, the owner of um, Spartan Projects, which is a construction company uh, out in New South Wales. And he's so also, so he's a builder in construction. He is a public speaker. He is a coach. He is a businessman, an entrepreneur, a friend, obviously has some family around, and my most favourite part, a lover. Now, Luke, we have to congratulate you on your recent engagement. And what did you just tell me about getting married? Yeah, so we're getting married in five weeks' time. and got engaged back in November last year. It was um, wow. a few things happened in life we'll probably go into big mm. walks coming up across the country and really come back to the point when I left the army and come back to back home and like left about three years ago to focus on business and focus on um or just a different chapter in life sorry but one of the key reasons I come back was family it wasn't business it was family mm. and when we're walking around the place that we're looking to get married in January it um it just dawned on me it just started flooding like you know, your grandma just turned 93, your dad just turned 70. It's like not everyone's going to be around forever. What are we waiting for? And if COVID taught us one thing in business, in life, in anything, it's that we can't take anything for granted. Life's short. Things can change all of a sudden. Mm. And I was like, let's get married now. So, oh, 
five weeks out. Here we go. <laughs> that is so adorable. I'm so happy for you both. And uh, as you did mention, there's a bit of a walk going on, but we'll talk about that very, very mm. soon. And so give me some insight. So you just mentioned the army and, um, you know, family and projects. So talk to me about what you are, what got Luke where Luke is now. So rewind a bit. Probably the, one of the key moments in life was a parent separation at 12. Mm. And I just remember that those years were very difficult and, you know, a young man trying to find out where he sits in the world and went down a path of getting in a lot of fights and living out of home and on the streets a little bit. And I was just a little punk. And I think to get me where I was today, to be honest, was there was grace behind it. And I, there's a, when I reflect on myself now, I'm only 28 still, but when I reflect on myself, I've been someone that's followed my gut and followed intuition and sort of just done what I felt was right even before I probably even understood what that was, going with a gut feeling and intuition. And I just, you know, landed in the, the army at 17, was driving one of my mates that I hanged out with. He was loved the army and he's like, I want to go, can you drive me? To, he didn't have a license. Can you drive me to the base and get me in? And I was like, there's no way I'm joining up. And next thing you know, we're sitting there talking about it and this guy goes, what do you want to do? And I said, leave school and maybe become a carpenter or something. But he's like, do you want to join the army? I was like, not a chance in the world. <laughs> and before you knew it, I think it was about four months later, I was in the army. My mate wasn't in the army and um, the rest was history. <laughs> and, <laughs> they got you and, in uh, the end. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that definitely going to the army grew me up quick, grew, made me grow up quick. I was 18 at Kapuka, which is basic training. Mm. Um, had to really... Yeah, you're in an environment of adults and I was just this little punk kid and it's like sink or swim, are you just going to get, are you going to become part of the herd, which has a high standard in the military? Yeah. Or are you just going to go and it's just like your eyes to that, um, to what it was and it put me on the right path. I also found an apprenticeship at the same time and got deployed at, I think in 2012 um, when I was 20 overseas. Sorry. And yeah, and that was there was when I really started really getting a taste for uh, a special forces career, and that's where this hunger inside me started growing for that. And then I was always reserved, but I was fortunate enough to always have deployments in between, and a lot of opportunities that come up, so I could keep coming home and doing my apprenticeship. And then I started a business at 21, and that sort of was just a, a backing at that age to bring revenue in and have a bit of freedom it was really why I did it so that I could keep this journey going for the, the special forces. I then traveled all around the world at 22 and by about 23, I was ready to, to go. And I went over to the SAS in Perth and trialed and got to the back end of it and um, come back home. And there's a lot of emotional breakdown then. I couldn't understand why I pulled off and a lot of the stuff from a kid could come back up in me emotions. And I, then went down a line of seeking out help and mentors and coaches and psychs and getting here right. And there was a, a mm. dear friend I had, Matt, um, who I deployed with in 2012. And he he um, was the epitome of soldier. He was a corporal. I was a young digger. He took me under his wing. He had had a bit of um, special forces experience. I just idolized this guy. And he really helped my journey um, along the way. Of, he, would, he would put training sessions on for me, four, five, six-hour beach sessions, which were just gruel, like, he helped me get wow. my body and my mind ready. And and I remember sitting with him for hours and just talking about mindset, mindset, yeah. mindset. And then um, 25, I went back to over west to SAS and I thought that was the path. This is where I'm going and uh, got to the last few days and this intuition, this thing that I now call intuition, hit me sort of like a ton of the bricks in the face and said, 
this isn't your path anymore. You need to come home. It was almost like a voice, like this feeling. Wow. And, um, and I fought it for like, you know, the mind comes involved there. Like, no, I've just six years of my life has been prepared for this. And then yeah. there's this overwhelming, you need to leave. And I remember sitting down in this morning, I walked through like the sun was coming through the trees mm-hmm. and I sat down and I've sat on my pack and you never sit on your pack in the army and kneel beside it. And it was like this metaphor now when I look back on it, it was like I was done. Mm. And I remember saying to myself out loud, out loud like, are you happy if, like, for this journey? Are you proud of yourself? And I was like, yeah. And then you're willing to leave it all behind and just have faith, which was whatever next happens. And I um, yeah, I said yes. And I ended up candidate 50. I want to withdraw and I come home. And um, a few months later, I then dove into business and dove into a few other things and a uh, a few months later, I got a phone call that um, that Matt had died from suicide, the one that had trained me up. Oh, Yeah, God. I was actually at a, at a Kerwin event at Nail and Scarlet, walking under the Sydney Harbour Bridge. I'll never forget it on the second night of that event. And um, that was sort of like the, the moment it just hit me. I was like, how could this guy that I put on a pedestal and always asked about what was happening in your world, uh, sorry, always talked about mindset but never asked what was happening in your world, because I never thought that he would ever had a problem or he was anyone that you needed to go and check in with. I was like, if he struggles, mm. everyone can struggle. And it just changed my whole perspective on um, mental health, on just the world, I think. And I, I made a, a, a call in that moment that I'll do something big in his name. And I, that's where we're probably going to roll into in branding, talk to me, bro, and um, what we're doing in business and that. But it was that was a little bit of me. That's where I'm at now. In the last three years, I've been focusing on community work, focusing on, um, you know, making trying to make suicide a thing of the past, helping people's lives, making sure our building company has a good culture, making sure the boys are checked in with so yeah. that, you know, we can – I think you have a responsibility as a business owner um, to your employees, and we call them our talent, to Absolutely. them to make sure they're checked in on. And then I think that creates a brand, creates a culture, creates a, a family family effect. And, yeah, yeah, so that's a little bit about sort wow. of where I am today. That is an absolutely heartbreaking story. Oh, my goodness me. Um, thank you for sharing that. That makes so much sense. And it's um, it's so true, you know, like, in, in my 40 years, I've come to realise that it's generally uh, the strongest people that are probably the most broken. <laughs> and uh, that's how they stay strong is being strong for other people, but they don't necessarily have that same strength when it comes to all vulnerability for themselves. Um Wow, that's amazing. So we are going to talk a little bit more about the Talk To Me Bro stuff, Um, but this is the Value Driven Brand Podcast, and you certainly have some insights into what you believe creates a value-driven brand. So talk to me about what those are for you and how can uh, the audience listening in um, take, you know, that, that insight and deliver it into their own business, creating their own value-driven brand? Yeah, so I think there's a few things that come up. Culture, which I just said is a huge one, I think, in a brand um, because it's it's in the business but it's people see that and I think they start wanting to be part. I find we're a building company. So you're when you come to us, you've got us for potentially the next six months of your life in mm-hmm. your house. Yes. 
because um, we do resident, uh, we do um, renovations, residential renovations. So most of the time we're in your house. Mm-hmm. So they need to trust you. They need to like you. They need to feel as a client. They need to feel, um, you know, seen, heard, valued, acknowledged, connected with. And I think that starts. You're not going to get your your employees or your talent to do that if you're not. Uh, if the culture's not already there, if they're going to work hate in life. <laughs> you're not going to. It's going to roll on, isn't it? So sure. I find that's a huge one is getting the check in with our boys. We do a daily check in and. Um, we play golf days and there's there's that fun. Um, we have 10, 10 employees, but there's that fun as well as the hard work. There's a standard that's throughout everyone. And I think that high standard is the next one. Is like if you have a high standard within your team, that mm. you from the top hold the high standard and then that goes down and you have an expectation of yourself. Yeah, I love the quote that expect more from yourself than anyone could expect possible. And if you hold yourself there, you might not get everyone at the same as you being a business owner, but if you get them at 80, 90%, it's going to be high flowing because everyone's different. Like, I don't think I'd want a whole team of me floating around. <laughs> I certainly don't want a whole team of me. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the, that's important. You hire people for the different um, attributes that they'll bring in to, to the team. Yes. You find the weakness you're not good at and you, you put someone there in place that can support your weaknesses while you step into your strengths and yeah, can see each other's light the whole time. And I love yeah. the saying, I have a saying like even to our you know, first year apprentice that just come along that's 17, I'm big, you're big, you're big, I'm big. It's not you're small, I'm going to play small because I'm worried about that and it's not like I'm going to make myself feel bigger because I'm the boss or whatever and you're gonna, I'm going to make you feel small because it makes me feel better about myself. That's yeah. not a thing. Um, it should be, I see you in your greatness and I'm, I'm going to be in my greatness too. And how does that play out? I mean, you know, if you reflect on the fact that you were that 17-year-old, um, you know, joining the army and, and I imagine that's a very different culture to the army. You are probably made to feel small in that situation. But in a business context, especially when you're um, – responsible for the team and those individuals how does that play out for a 17 year old to actually know that they are important that they are seen and heard how does that change the way business works I, I, when I was 17 I worked for this employee um, as a car I hated my apprenticeship he was abusive he was just one of the worst human beings I'd been around. I absolutely hated my apprenticeship. Um, mm. I, that de- when I got that deployment and took off, I couldn't couldn't wait to get out of the country mm. on it. Um, and I remember that. And I also remember that time when you were, we were younger, coming into the army, and they do have they there's there's an essence of the army does really well at breaking you down and yeah. they rebuild you into a soldier, but not so much an awesome mental health here. Mm. Their roles to make you a good soldier. Mm. They're getting better. They are getting better now at checking in over the, the years, but they have horrendous numbers in suicide and all that. But I think it's mm. – so I my thoughts on that is I thought, yes, you ha- you need to have a, the discipline. You need to have like there's still a, a bit of a pecking order and say more respect. Like you need to – I think for a 17, you need to put them in the deep end at times and mm. put pressure under them. But then when they fail, you don't cut them down. You don't rip them apart. You then discuss – how could you even improve there? What went wrong? I'll, I'll put my team in under huge pressure sometimes. 
yeah. not verbally, not by swearing, not by calling them names, but I'll be like, this is the standard and this is when we need to get it done by and it needs to be done. Like, yeah. And I'm not holding, I'm not your mother. <laughs> you, you know, you, you, and you empower them along the way, but then I'm there when they, they fall to pick them back up. So it's like, and then when you give them that space of, hey, now I do see you, we slow down, we stop, get into a bit of feminine energy and actually just ask them a question about how did you feel with that, you know, the last few days and then mm. just shut up and listen. I think yeah. they start feeling, I can, I turn it off very well of being like sort of like I'm in that boss mode and now I'm in your friend mode. But it's like as an employee, you need to have a, find that balance very well. Yeah. Whereas like when it's game on, it's game on and when yeah. it's not. But at the, at the core essence, we have a, a saying like bring your problems to work. Don't oh leave my god! I just literally did a LinkedIn live today, and I said exactly the same thing. I love it. Oh my god! My head's exploding. My <laughs> mind, yeah. Well, that's, that's what amazing. We're on today, it's like bring your problems to work and don't let them. Don't leave it at home and have all the chaos. And then you come in and not, we, no one knows why you're not you're moping around or whatever's going on. And then you don't feel like you're part of the team, and it just mm. causes so much looping in the mindset that can yeah. then spiral into depression, mental health, like into a dark line. Like yeah. go to, where if you can just verbalise it and articulate it set, that day or the next day, it's like, oh, it fizzles out. The energy fizzles out and they go, I feel seen, her valued. Hey, mate, go and have a day off. Like something yeah. could have happened. Huge. Have the day off. Go sort that. They have a day, a mental health day to check in on themselves we and then they're back them, in there. We used to call them Duna days. <laughs> Have a doona day. Yeah, I love that. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm going to go sit under a doona and hide from the world for the day. Um, I love that you take the opportunity to apply pressure. I think, um, not I think, I know, I know that there is a generation of employees, of talent who, um, and I'm not just talking about, you know, the young kids, there's even... <laughs> to be honest, there's even a generation around your age uh, who have never really uh, been put in situations where pressure has been applied and they crack the second that they are put under that pressure. Mm. And the the part that would actually resolve that cracking is using those moments as uh, as what you're doing as learning opportunities. So, yes, I'm going to apply some pressure and I know I'm applying the pressure, but we're also expecting that not everything's going to go perfectly and we're going to use this as a really great opportunity to build the resilience and to learn from what happens so that we can improve it for, you know, improve yeah. the experience for the next time pressure has to be applied. And I think that's the gap in so many people's business and the culture in so many businesses is that we just apply pressure. We just keep putting the foot down on the pedal, but we don't kind of release the pedal like you're saying, you know, we lift it back up again and then say, okay, well, Let's reflect. Let's learn from what just happened. How can we make sure that the next time we have to put the foot down on the pedal that, you know, the windshield, the windshield doesn't break or, you know, the doors don't come flying off, whatever, you know, yeah. um, analogy you need to use. But making sure that they build themselves up and that confidence and that resilience to be able to take the pressure even better the next time because it scares me it really actually scares me how many um, examples I've had 
where I'm going to say kids because I'm an old lady now, <laughs> kids um, can't deal. And as you said, it spirals into this, I'm not good enough. You know, this self-talk of um, I can't do it. I'm no good. They're going to fire me. You know, I'm, I'm, as my son, my 10-year-old son has this thing at the moment where if he can't do something, his self-talk is to say, I'm trash. Mm. That scares the shit out of me. Yeah. To language. come home at 10 and go, I'm trash, I'm trash. Like, what? Who said that? I did. No one's even telling him he's trash. He's telling himself. So mm. to use those opportunities of pressure also to have them backed up with a learning opportunity I think is just Amazing, and I absolutely commend you for for putting that into the way that you do business. Yeah, it's like building a muscle. You build the muscle on the tenth, eleventh. Yeah, you know, if you're doing ten reps, you build the muscle on eleven and twelve. Yes, exactly. The, if it's a resilience bubble, we call it. It's like you push the limit of it, and then mm. you bring it back in. It's your rest. Yes, you, oh. you rest, and then it's go because then your bubble gets bigger, and then you go bigger until. Chaos can be around you and it's like, but I'm comfortable in the chaos. For I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, and we all have to learn it by all means. I, I used to, I used to thrive on chaos. Like if chaos wasn't in my life, I didn't actually know what to do. Um, but at the same time, I would amplify chaos and that is also a bad thing. So mm. I had to be taught how to recognise um, what was actually chaotic versus what I just wished was chaotic, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but, <laughs> not creating the own chaos yourself, but being like, when it does get bad, I'm good. Exactly. But I'll enjoy it when, when, the, when, the, when the waves aren't crashing huge and the storm's not there and there's nice peace, yeah. I'll enjoy that as well. While don't got the don't nice sabotage it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it goes both ways. That is amazing. So what's the other what's the other point that you've got around delivering a value driven brand? I think for me the last one's probably giving. Is um we've got our, our building business, which is a brand. We've got our not for profit charity, Talk to Me Bro, um, mm. which is a brand. I've also got a Luke Connors Rise, sort of my speaking and coaching, where we run a lot of stuff in schools and uh, more resilience, emotional resilience based programs and sort of mix some army stuff in there. I run like a two-day uh, army course where it's break it down and then we do exactly what we just spoke about. But when I reflect, so there's all brands in that, but when I reflect back on what really started it off, because you think three years ago, I was going down the line of sneaky peaky. I didn't have Facebook. I didn't have Instagram. I was going down the line of special forces and being a ghost. Right. So then when oh, come over the last three years, I was never, I was never on any platform. So then for me over the last three years to put myself out there and be like, you actually need to build a brand. Um, it sort of happened a bit by default, but I'll go back to when we started. I can I can pick it together now, but mm. it's like when I come back, the first week I come back from the, the army, one of my best mates' mum, she does um, um, runs a charity called Soul Cafe in Newcastle, which does sleep out. Um, they, they sleep out for the homeless, but what they do at Soul Cafe is they make meals for the home, homeless, they do laundry. They do. There's all these different programs, alcohol, um, uh, drug programs, and they really just they pour in. They got about 150 volunteers. I think they do a thousand meals a week. Like it's oh wow. If people need meals. They go there. It's amazing what they do. And she wow. rings me up. I did it the year before, and she and I said to her that year. I said 2017. I said 
this is good doing the one day sleep out because the community gets involved. And I was like, but what's it like to sleep out on the week, the street for a week? Yeah. So the next year I come up and she rings me up and they're Christian. She goes, I've got this God thing. And I was like, <laughs> here we go. Put it on me at seven o'clock in the morning, put it on me. And she goes, I think Jesus we need to sleep out. Here. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I think we need to sleep out on the street for a week. Ooh. And I was like going to this job and I'm thinking, I ring you back. And I rang her back in the hour time. I was like, let's do it. So we went and slept out on the streets. It was me, her 16-year-old son, and she's 50. And I'll tell you what, in my whole life, I'd never been more scared the first night that we were going out. We had a car. We are in Newcastle, which I knew. But there was a whole different ball game when you were driving around Newcastle going, where are we actually going to stay for the night? Yeah. I started getting concerned for their safety. In the army, your mates next to you, you know they can handle themselves. So it's not... You're sort of there together as a unit. Yeah. I was so I was scared. And it's like, do you sleep in an alleyway where no one can see you? Do you sleep out on a park bench where you're in the open and you can yell out if you need support? Like it was nuts. It put it changed my whole perspective. So yeah. we slept down on a park bench in the open for a whole week. And we had a lot of media attention. And that wasn't why we did it. I did it because I wanted to raise money and awareness for people that were struggling. Like, yeah. But that 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 started a brand. And then I've just had so many flow-on effects. I, I, I made this statement, I think, that year on the on the radio that I was going to take my building company overseas and build in a third-world country. And then I was at a Tony Robbins event a year later, and I was like, you made that statement to the um, – and I hadn't done anything about it. It popped Ooh. up in my mind. And I was like, you made that like statement to the public and you hadn't actioned it. So then I got on this group chat that had 4,000 people on it, like a Facebook thing, and I said, I'm taking my building company over to overseas. Where can we – does anyone know someone that we can go build for? And um, this lady reached out and she goes, I've got this project in Nepal. It's 400 Ks west of Kathmandu. We need a hospital, school built. There was all this stuff. It just aligned with me. And she goes, I can't meet you now. I'm about to go to San Diego to run a leadership um, part of, uh, go to leadership for Tony Robbins. And I was literally on a plane going to San Diego to, um, to go to the same event. So I'm thinking that she... No. Part of the event, but I'm thinking she's just a participant. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I didn't know who she was. We get there and she goes, let's meet on this seat, like at lunchtime. And so we met at this spot and she comes out and she's one of his head trainers. It's like the Tony Robbins buddy bench. It is, but it wasn't, it wasn't just, <laughs> he's one of his head trainers. Like she has oh like goodness. access to him. Like she's a, she is an amazing woman with a heart of gold. And I was like, that connection there has helped me so much in everything else we're doing. And I think there's, there's something that happens when you go and say, I'm going to help someone without asking for anything in reply. It's like the universe universe starts conspiring with you. Mm-hmm. And that giving, that sense of giving also is a brand in itself because it's like our building company's done stuff for um, people that have been sick from cancer and have come in for a day and just and brought in all the trades and done stuff for free for the whole day to get bills moved. And that's wow. not to, you know... Um, yeah, it's tell us how good we are. That's just what we do. But people see that. And I think if you, if you do things that you're just going to give because you're just, oh, I can't wait to put this on social media. I can't wait to get this out here and that sort of stuff. Yeah. That gets, the universe smells that too. People smell the fakeness. It stinks. It, yeah, it won't work for you. But when you yeah. literally just turn up and go, I'm going to help someone like in this, I'm just going to give it my resources for free. Yeah. Stuff happens. Your brand grows. Um, it gives you credibility. Yeah. Other people see it because they go, wow, he's helping or she's helping. I want to go help someone too. I want to get involved. I, a lot of the time people don't know how to do it, but I just go, follow your heart, follow your gut, 
Mm. Go and give. The secret to living is giving. Like, it makes you feel oh, good I about love that. It makes you feel good oh. about yourself. If you don't get so worried about I for so long, so the suff- there's no suffering the suffering in I, you're worried about who's outside of you. It's mm. bigger, it's bigger than you. And yeah. at the same time, I, I promise you the world will start the world will pay it back in the form of your brand growing, your business brand growing, whatever. Like it you will yeah. grow because of it when you're helping other people. Life supports life. Like if you're helping life, life will help you back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think whatever way, you know, like you're saying, people don't really know how to, there are so many avenues to give back. And one of the um, one of the, the things that I truly believe in is karma and, and, you know, giving to the universe so that the universe goes, hey, good on you, here, have something, have something in return. And mm. it, it might be a small thing, it might be a big thing, but at the end of the day, you are caring for someone other than yourself and yeah. um, delivering value for someone other than yourself. And to me, I think that is so important and something that I certainly uh, try to instill in my son and uh, and it's funny that you talk about the sleep out for one night thing. I actually did the um, Melbourne City Mission do a sleep out, like the Vinnie's CEO sleep out type thing, but it's for, for everyone. And um, I actually remember at the end of it crying because I felt like such a fake <laughs> because to be honest, even though it was freezing cold, they do it, I'm quite certain, on purpose in winter, in Melbourne winter. Um, it was freezing cold and we slept on cardboard and, and whatnot, but we were still behind the, you know, the safety of the gates of the MCG and there were still security guards wandering around at night. And, and so ultimately you're still safe. And uh, no sooner had we packed up our sleeping bag and our cardboard box and we drove uh, out of the city or went to drive out of the city, did we see a whole um, bunch of homeless people sleeping in an alley? And I just thought, like, what have I done? Like how, I mean, yes, it's it's helped. It has, it helped, it has helped. I raised a fair bit of money. I was very pr- proud of myself. But there's awesome. still people experiencing that stuff that is just phenomenal. But at mm. the end of the day, I could sit there and cry or I could just make sure that I was doing everything I could in my power to give back and mitigate those issues. And I guess, you know, that's where I see Talk To Me Bro coming up as well, you know, to, to do what you can to mitigate those issues of um, of suicide. And, and that's why, oh, my God, so Luke and co are about to walk 4,000 kilometres, 4,000 kilometres. I don't know what that is in miles, just in case you're in the US, but it's a lot and they're doing that. Why? Tell me why, Luke. I'll work out how many miles it is. (laughs) Two and a half thousand. Two and a half thousand miles. Yeah. So... Uh, there's a few of us that didn't talk to me, bro. Um, one of my best mates, Jack, who were overseas with the army together, and uh, Christy, um, 
and now we've got a team around us, which is amazing. And so we're sort of sitting down uh, late last year and we'd like to sit down and go, what's the stats? What's the statistics? What did we achieve? And last year we, we spoke in front of in COVID. I think I spoke in front of about 3,000 people face-to-face. Um, Jack did about a bit over 2,000. So when our sessions, because of COVID, were only 10 to 15, I think mm-hmm. they worked out there was about 150 sessions that I did, like, it was cr- the sheer numbers were crazy. Like wow. when you put that in perspective, and and we were proud of what we achieved. And then the stats, statistics come in from uh, Lifeline, uh, Beyond Blue, a lot of the callback places. And it's we don't have a sheer number, but 2019 there was about 3,300 um, suicides in Australia. It's about eight a day. Now in 2020. These um, platforms, the support platforms, have gone up. Their calls have gone up. The, the um, call for help has gone up about 60%, 70% over the year. So we're guessing, and I think we're being conservative, that it will be over 4,000. It could be, I don't even want to think about how many it potentially could be mm. of suicides in 2020. And it was just like, we've made this dinner in our community. You know, we get the text messages behind the scenes of, today you saved my life. What wow. you come in, like... It, it, that just shakes you when you get it. And I've got numerous ones. Like I could go through my phone and just read them. Like today you saved my life. I went and got help today. I get messages six months later saying I've changed my life around because of that talk you come and did. Um, the tools that you gave me today, I'm sure I saved my friend. And I, when you hear that, you just go, How the evidence is. It is. It's like I feel very blessed to be able to do it. And it's, it's a blessing for both the people we lost. We both lost. Um, I lost Matt and Jack lost his cousin Matt and it was Christy's husband Matt and it's like it, it's it's there's a happiness in it because their lives weren't in vain like this thing got started because since it and I don't know how many lives we saved we won't actually know numbers but we're mm-hmm. saving people's lives because of yeah we've lost but we've it's it's a good thing because in a sense we can help from here and it's like their their legacies aren't done yeah so we look at it from that line that we, we're helping people and but it got raised like what more can we be doing and um 4,000 k's 4,000 sorry come up the, the 4,000 amount a walk come up I think Brisbane uh Sydney got talked about and we're like for what purpose one of my favorite questions for what purpose are we doing I it love that question and it was like um I was like 2,500 k's I was like it's not enough what are we what are we doing like and it was I put in my phone, Perth, uh, we're sitting in Wollongong at the time, it was like 4,000 on the nose. <laughs> and I was thinking, I was thinking, I come from Perth, Perth significant for me with the SAS stuff. And then yeah. I was like, what? Imagine walking coast to coast. And then we Googled who's done it. There's hardly anyone that's done it. I don't think anyone's ever done it in the name of an actual brand at the time, like a, a charity called wow. Kimmy Row. So there's been people that raise money, but like we, the charity will be doing this. Um, yeah. And then that just kept growing and it was like, how many Ks do we have to do a day? 45, my brother's wedding's in 16th of October, so I need to be back for <laughs> it. So then we start like, we're putting it all together, like going, oh my goodness, we're nuts. Crunching Jenna's sitting next to me, who's my fiance going, yeah, she's on board a bit. Christy's going, you two are nuts. And Jack and me, and the final question still got to the point of like, we'll raise awareness We'll raise funding to so we can keep running these programs for, for free around the places and help people. Because a lot of the time, not all the time, but suicide goes hand in hand with uh, financial difficulties. Mm. And it's like if we can get in and run these events and retreats and that for nothing, 
we can and get further and spread like larger we can help so many more people so i was like there's a funding there but i was like i'm not giving up four months of my life where we could be running the programs here in like in new in newcastle and wollongong still yeah if we're not helping people along the way yeah and then it was like right why don't we talk in every single community that we stop at and then we've so we've run numbers we've got this lady who's amazing she loves um geography she's worked out how many population there is we reckon we're going to talk to about twenty five thousand people if we talk to about yeah face to face along the trip oh, um, potentially goodness. a million through media it looks like we could be getting a documentary made on it like it's huge and i was like i can walk four thousand k's for you know four thousand plus it looks like it's four thousand five hundred now because we're going to go down into victoria because there's more numbers there that we can influence more towns and yeah so that's where it all kicked off and then Chrissy goes, you're the nuts. And I go, we're doing this. And Jack goes, we're doing it. And the man here went and slapped hands together. And Chrissy's like, Luke needs to go talk to Jenna about this. And then <laughs> Jenna goes, I know what he's like. They're doing it. And it was like, <laughs> that was done. it. And just grew legs. And, you know, I had to go talk to my business partner about it because Spartan's going to, our building company's going to take, you know, I'm taking the car, uh, taking myself away for four months. Mm-hmm. We're going to, we just put on three, four more staff. Like, we're going to be under the pump. There's no yeah. two ways about it. It's going to be a huge hit us hard financially, hit us hard in all different aspects. Like, just Such in the an business. Investment. Like, yeah. And it's like, he's on board. And one of the boys said the other day, which I just thought was special, he goes, Don't worry. Because oh, I was getting, I am, there's no lie. There is some stuff that I'm getting worried about now. Like, making sure we get a motorhome, a few different like shoes, food, stuff along the way because we need support along the way with it. Yeah. Um, and he goes, Luke, we've got this under control. You go do what you're good at. We're all in this mission together. And when it, that's that's what we want to bring up. It's like Jack and I are walking and Jack and I are good at talking, but it's walk with me. Yeah. We call it walk with me, bro. And it's the message is for male, females, and whatever you identify as, youth, the elderly, like the message is the same. It's just that there's two bros that are talking about it. And the message is to walk with us. If you can walk with us along the way and be part of it, we'd love to have you. If it's a short stint, a couple of days, we'd love to have you. But And it's like, yeah, we're all in this together and we just want to save lives and support lives. Like our, our goal on this walk, if we if we can get it big enough, is to drop the suicide by 25%. Wow. And so it's big goals. And, and, and a big goal we talk huge. to me, bro. A big goal we talk to me, bro, is to make suicide a thing of the past. And I... Wow. Yeah, it's a big one. They have a big, hairy, audacious goal. Why can't wow. we? And it's not just us. Like, there's so many awesome organizations out there that are doing similar work that people mm. grab for the brand. Mm. Yeah, you know, go get part of those communities, go get part of those groups. It doesn't have to be talk to me, bro. And um, we'd love to have you there, too. And yeah, like, I like it. Get in yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, Spread yourself let's, out. let's just help people. Mm. Yeah, so that's our. That's our big walk. <laughs> that is so amazing. So I'm curious then, you know, when it comes to the to the equipment that you need and the things that, that you need to kind of get together to make this a reality, is there like an Amazon wish list or is there things that, you know, people, is there a place people can go to where they're like, hey, I've got a spare motorhome. <laughs> You can borrow it for four months or, hey, I sell running shoes and, you know, let me donate to you or whatever the case. Is there something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, oh, yay. Like, honestly, we, like I said, we can't do it ourselves. We're putting our funding and our time and everything on the on the line, but we, we honestly need help. Our mission, our goal is to raise a million dollars doing this across the country, big partnerships, oh, big brands. 
like that's not all going to go to us. We're going to send some to probably Lifeline, some to um, the female charities that are doing similar work, like across yeah. um, spread it because yeah. the, the message is still the same. But we need like big sponsors that want to get on board and if they just got cash that they want to get on board and give to us with it, like and help us out, please give it to us. Uh-huh. I promise you it saves lives and we can come and speak at your business or your company and yeah. do our programs and stuff too in there. We'd love to. Uh, and then if it's like if you don't if it's not funding but it's like we'll need shoes we'll need um, a lot of media stuff GoPros footage we want we want to capture the whole thing um, yeah. speakers when we get to places and talk uh, we we'll have ice bars we want we need a motorhome because we want the whole thing set up some of our programs will have ice bars we'll have at our events yoga mats and we mix it up depending on how much time we have got places to support in the yeah. sort of right the style that we'll be doing. Um, food will be a big one. Fuel will be a big one. Mm. What else have we got? If you can think about stuff, maybe if you've travelled across the country and you're like, these Fresh guys have got socks. no idea. Fresh socks. My, my friends like- did the I, – I was the support crew for my friends when they did the Oxfam 100K walk and yep. uh, they didn't fathom that they might need fresh socks. So Ooh. I'm going to tell you, you're going to need fresh socks. <laughs> we'll probably need – we we'll probably need bulk band-aids strapping tape. Yeah, huh? Exactly. <laughs> You'll need me saying, get the fuck back in there. <laughs> I don't way, care about those blisters. <laughs> we're on the driven brand and what way to give and get your brand out there. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, hint, hint. Hint, hint, hint. If you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah, right. We could uh, come walk with us. Come walk. Maybe uh, get a sign up on the on the motorhome. And, uh, and uh, you know, feel good about yourself because you're doing something for others, not just you. Oh, that is so amazing. And, and will there – I'm so excited by this and I'm like a kid at Christmas. Uh, will there be like a way to kind of follow you guys on, on the trek? Yeah. Yeah? So we'll, oh. have a, um, we'll have a website. So we've got talktomebro.org.au, yeah. which will be a website. Yeah. We have www.walkwithmebro.com.au or .com. Yeah. We'll have both of them. Yeah. We'll both linked up. So the hashtag on Instagram and Facebook will be walkwithmebro. Yep. And that will be where you can really follow Jack and I's journey along the way. Obviously, we'll it. still keep the Talk To Me Bro brand when we're talking brands. Um, yeah. It won't just all be inundated with our walk because some people might, we still want to uh, give the service that we provide while we're away yeah. of supporting each other and, and talk to me bro we'll keep that brand but yeah. jack and i will in that walk with me bro essence you'll get to follow the whole story um yeah and that be, is so amazing. come along on the journey with us because it's not again it's not just about us doing it it's like we need support with this to support other people um, well yeah. whenever you get to victoria book me in i'm i'm there with my uh with my everlast running shoes Yes, I love it. <laughs> my I son was it. giving me crap for having cheap runners the other day. I said, I spend all my money on you. That's why. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> now, oh, I'll tell you what, everything that you have been doing um, in the last few years has just been phenomenal. I feel so blessed to have um, coincidentally got to know you and um, and and. As I think about it, I got to know you because you were doing Nissi again. I yeah. gather now knowing that story. So that makes it even a little bit more special for me uh, that I got to 
be that little support person for you through nail it and scale it. Sorry. Yeah. That's so nice. Um, yeah. But before I let you go, now, for those of you who don't uh, don't know or haven't heard the podcast before, at the end of every podcast, I get my guests to tell me what is the one song that gets them pumped up for anything. And if you have just heard about all the amazing, I was going to say crazy, but it is crazy, but it's just freaking amazing stuff that Luke and his team are doing uh, for humanity, uh, then you're going to know this man best be following what I say next because his song that he has chosen and it was? We Own It. And who by? Wiz Khalifa. Very and good. Two chains. <laughs> and two chains. So we own it is now going to be included in the Spotify uh, playlist that I make, especially, especially, especially for all of my guests who join me on the Value Driven Brand podcast. So thank you so much for your contribution to the playlist and uh, for anybody who needs to get pumped up for anything, you will find on that playlist every single guest and the song that pumps them up for anything, anytime. So now there's no reason why you too can't be pumped up for anything. And I just want to say I am so and I feel like a mum, but I am I'm so proud of the work and the value that you add and drive for your community, for your businesses, for your personal brands and um, for you and, and the team that work with you on all of those. I just want to absolutely say congratulations and thank you for being such amazing leaders in what actually creates and drives a value-driven brand. And thank you so much for joining us. It has been an eye-opener, to say the least. Thank you so much for having me. Now. Honestly, thank you. Yeah. Oh, absolute pleasure. And for everybody listening, I want you, I know Luke is being humble and saying that you can go and support other people. And, yes, you can, and so you should. But this my friend, is the call out to make sure that you visit valuedrivenbrand.com and get all of the links that get you to get closer to supporting Luke and the guys and the girls and everyone in between from Perth to New South Wales, Perth to Sydney, coast to coast in their bid to walk 4,000 plus kilometres to make sure that the people that sadly are no longer with us through suicide last year, their lives are not in vain. And to help them drop the Australian suicide level by 25% through the work that they do in suicide prevention and mental health awareness. So you can go to valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series where you will find this podcast and all of the links and the resources available 
from Talk to Me Bro and Walk with Me Bro. And if you're in the um, if you're in the market for some renovations, feel free to also follow Luke and the team at Spartan Projects as well. But all of those uh, links will be available for you to follow, donate, chip in, get involved in, get your running shoes on, find your part on the map and get involved and uh, support what is an amazing group of humans and an honest blessing to be a part of it. And I look forward to putting my running shoes on at the Victoria end of it as well. So I can't wait to see you there either. I know. I'm going to be, I'm going to be ready and rearing. I mean, I don't do exercise, but I'll make an exception for you. <laughs> we, won't, we won't be. I don't think we'll be coming into Victoria until probably August. So you got, oh, good. I've got a few months to get ready then. That's a month of training, yeah. <laughs> good. Leave on the 24th of May. Oh, good. Just after birth. my birthday, I'll have some champagne to burn off. <laughs> I love <laughs> Very it. Very good. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Luke, and for everybody else joining us as well. Please get out there and deliver value to somebody else in your life because what goes around comes around. I'm Aileen Day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Value Driven Brand Podcast with your host, Aileen Day. Is your business struggling to become known as the sought-after leader in your industry? Access our Value Driven Brand Quiz and special three-part podcast series to identify the gaps and what you need to focus on first. Go to www.valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. That's valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. Tune in next time where we discuss more ideas on how you can deliver your own value-driven brand.